Life is a journey of exploration, learning, and growth. Basically, the world is full of fascinating stuff. Join me, Aristides Marousas, as I uncover interesting facts and discuss big ideas on Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience. Experience your world. So if you're following the news at all over the last few years, you'll have read, seen, or heard the topic of the legal status of marijuana pop up time and time again. And I always found this very interesting because um, growing up in suburban America, at a very young age, you are taught the evils of marijuana and how even trying it will, because of its, um, you know, it's called this gateway drug, even trying it will lead you to this life of horrible substance abuse that will wreak havoc on your life and, you know, the life of loved ones around you. And that this isn't to make light at all of actual substance abuse, but it's interesting how that's what you're taught at a young age, and then just fast forward a few years to high school and especially college, it becomes the norm. It seems like everyone um, is smoking or now vaping um, with edibles and things like that. It's as far as drugs are easy and cheap to get. Um, there's all these medicinal purposes it's used for. Uh, and there's always that argument about, well, alcohol is legal and alcohol is so much worse for you than marijuana is, and so on and so forth. And I think this is what's really been driving this push where we're seeing state by state the legalization of marijuana, even though at the federal level it's still listed as a Schedule One drug up there with heroin and, and some other uh, hard stuff. Um, but I really wanted to dig into the history of marijuana because I don't really know or I didn't really know that much about it you know I, I knew what I was taught I knew uh, how it was being used recreationally I knew some of the health benefits you know you can find those being touted online and and even in the news a little bit um, but I never really thought of it past you know the the 60s and 70s and the the hippie movement and counterculture and things like that so I decided for this episode of Stuff Explained to dig into the history of marijuana and just see where it came from, uh, what are the pros of it, what are the, the cons of using it, as well as a bit more history on the legal status of marijuana. And I actually came across some really interesting stuff. So get ready for a tour of the history of marijuana. So I wanted to start out by figuring out exactly what marijuana is. I know it's a mind-altering drug. Um, it's called cannabis or pot, and it comes obviously from the cannabis plant. Um, I didn't know that there are two different subspecies. So there's cannabis sativa, which has the psychoactive properties, and then cannabis sativa L, which is known as hemp. Uh, what I really found interesting was digging deeper into the history of marijuana. So cannabis plants are believed to have their origins in Central Asia, which was surprising to me. I, I just never thought um, that it had its origins in that region. And burned cannabis seeds have been found in Siberian and Chinese burial mounds and tombs dating as far back as 3000 BC. So it's obvious that from a very early age, humans knew, um, well, maybe not knew, the, the respected it in this way and had it in these religious type of, of ceremonies. And there's some history indicating that cannabis was cultivated even earlier than that, 
making it one of humanity's oldest crops. And the main, use, uh, the main reason sorry, for this cultivation was that plants were used for their hemp fiber and the medicinal properties such as an anesthetic and as we just learned with the burial mounts for spiritual ceremonies. Then from Central Asia, cannabis spread to Korea, the South Asian subcontinent, India, and the Middle East between 2000 and 1400 BC. From the Middle East, cannabis was carried throughout the European mainland and Africa. It eventually made its way to the Americas during the period of colonialism. And during this entire time, um, it was used mostly for medicinal and physical properties, uh, but there is some history noting that cannabis was used recreationally as well. So the Scythians, a nomadic group with origins in eastern Iran, were reported to have inhaled the smoke of smoldering seeds and flowers to get high. Hashish, an extract of cannabis with concentrations of the psychoactive resins, became very popular in the Middle East during the rise and spread of Islam in the region, and this seems likely to be due to the fact that alcohol and other substances are strictly forbidden in the Quran, while there was no very specific outlined or detailed information about prohibiting cannabis use. I found this next little factoid very interesting because I'm a, a fan of Viking history and culture, and cannabis seeds have actually been found in the remains of Viking ships and were reportedly used for pain relief during childbirth and toothaches. So as you can see, there has been a very long historical relationship between humans and cannabis throughout the the whole history of humanity basically we're going as far back as 3000 bc and maybe even before that and now we get to cannabis arriving in america so it was actually a very popular crop in colonial america because of how quickly it grows and for the hemp which was used for textile and rope now this kind of blew my mind a little bit just because of how the rules are for everything today but virginia massachusetts and connecticut colonies required farmers to grow hemp in the early 1600s now it is very unlikely that this was for recreational purposes this seemed to be very strictly for hemp and for the textiles and rope um, but given the ban on even just growing cannabis today, the fact that in the very beginnings of this country, when it was still in the colonial period, there were actual requirements for farmers to plant it. Now, if we fast forward a few centuries to the 1800s, doctors and scientists begin to use cannabis extracts to lessen stomach pains and vomiting in patients with cholera. I find this kind of cool um, because when you look at the more ancient civilizations, it does seem like they already were using um, cannabis for these purposes, but somewhere along the way that knowledge was lost and refound by doctors and scientists. And by the late 1800s, cannabis extracts could be purchased in pharmacies and doctor's offices across Europe and the United States for stomach problems and other issues. Now we're getting to the part where um, cannabis starts coming up against the law. Um, or rather, the law starts coming up against cannabis. So in the early 1900s, Mexican immigrants coming to the United States in the wake of the Mexican Revolution brought with them the recreational practice of smoking marijuana. Now, xenophobia, inflamed by unemployment and social unrest, because this was the period of the Great Depression, bred resentment of the Mexican immigrants and their, quote, evil weed. And... I haven't found any evidence to support this yet, but me just reading this thinking um, and, you know, trying to maybe connect some dots, 
this might actually be the origin or part of the origin of the lazy Mexican stereotype um, that has existed for a while just because of the after effects of, of, of smoking weed, how it makes people um, a bit tired, a bit sleepy. So I can totally see how those might be connected. Now, Mexicans were blamed for smoking weed, committing property crimes, seducing children, and going on murderous sprees. And as a result of this, following the ideals of prohibition, 29 states outlawed cannabis by 1931. Stay up to date on all the latest content and announcements from The Motley Experience by visiting themotleyexperience.com forward slash connect, then enter your email address and become a member of the Insider Weekly Newsletter. Experience your world. Retcon Industries provides tailor-made music for professional wrestling, podcasts, trailers, and more, while also releasing their own original music. I personally have used Retcon Industries for professional wrestling and also for this podcast. All the music you hear in this podcast is by Retcon Industries. For more information, go to www.retconindustries.com or email my good friend Greg at retcongreg at gmail.com. You can also visit them on Facebook and Instagram at Retcon Industries. So this was all done at the state level. But in 1937, the Marijuana Tax Act became the first federal law to criminalize marijuana except for the industrial uses of hemp from the cannabis plant. Hemp actually continued to be grown throughout the Second World War until about 1957. The Nixon administration then repealed the Marijuana Tax Act and listed marijuana with no medical purpose and high potential for abuse as a Schedule One drug along with heroin, LSD, and ecstasy. And then when the Reagan administration came around, so did the war on drugs, which really put pressure on law enforcement to really crack down on any drug use whatsoever. Um, a few decades after this, in 1996, California legalized marijuana for medicinal use for people suffering from severe and chronic illnesses. Washington, D.C. and 29 other states, along with a few U.S. territories, followed suit by allowing limited medical use of cannabis. Now, when we come to today, so far... Only the following states have fully decriminalized marijuana. Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, Alaska, Colorado, Michigan, Maine, Vermont, Massachusetts, and the District of Columbia. But Illinois just recently became the 11th state to decriminalize. The new law there allows state residents over the age of 21 to possess up to 30 grams of cannabis flour, 5 grams of concentrate, and 500 milligrams of THC in products like edibles. It also expunges the records of 800,000 people with criminal records as a result of purchasing or possessing 30 grams or less of marijuana. A quarter of the tax revenue from cannabis sales will go to redevelop impoverished communities while giving vendor preference to minority owners. Now, this change in Illinois law has been very highly celebrated because of its fair and progressive approach to the changing of the legal status of marijuana, particularly in how it expunges records and gives vendor preference to minority owners. And the reason for this is that there's a lot of evidence out there to suggest that under the war on drugs and just the enforcement of 
marijuana being a Schedule One drug over the past few decades, uh, that there's been a disproportionate amount of minority groups, particularly in urban locations, who have been impacted by this and essentially labeled as criminals and put into the justice system, whether you know in the jail or, or prison system. And I can attest to this from being in a suburban environment, um, knowing when kids got caught, even in college, with drugs on them, it would essentially amount to a slap on the wrist. Meanwhile, you have people doing either the same or not much worse in more urban environments where they happen to be a minority, particularly African-American, and they are sent to jail, they are sent to prison. Uh, and especially considering that the prison system in the US is notorious for its incredibly high population, considering what it is as a percent of the national population, it does seem to me anyways to be the right approach to sort of tackle this in a, in a way where you can think of it's, it's two birds with one stone where you expunge the records of these people who, you know, you don't want to grandfather these these people in as criminals, and also you're reducing the populations bit by bit, state by state, of the prisoner population, and then trying to integrate them back into society. And this is the concept and ideology of the people who are celebrating this change in law, and who are pushing for this to be done similarly in other states, and maybe even at the federal level in the days, weeks, months, years to come. So now that we have a crash course of the history and also the legal history specific to the U.S. of marijuana, what exactly are the effects and dangers of it? So THC is the chemical compound in marijuana responsible for the psychoactive effects. And due to focused cultivation over the last few decades, the THC content has risen from an average of about 4% back in the 90s to around 12% as of 2014. Now, higher levels of THC have a stronger impact on the brain. The method in which the THC is consumed also plays a role, as different methods expose users to higher or lower levels. So, for example, whether it's in the blunt, through a bong, um, vaping, edibles, those all play a role in the timing and the impact of the high that the user gets. So, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, 1 in 10 marijuana users will become addicted a statistic that rises to 1 in 6 when people begin using before the age of 18. The CDC also claims that marijuana use can have negative impacts on the brain, such as short-term memory problems, issues with attention and learning, as well as mood. Anxiety and paranoia can become more prevalent as well. Now, these side effects get much worse the longer marijuana is used, and also the earlier in a person's life that it begins to be used. So researchers have found a link between marijuana and depression, anxiety, and suicide amongst teenagers. But as of now, they're not sure if it's causal or just correlational. Now, many people will claim that marijuana is much cleaner for the body than cigarettes. However, uh, what they don't take into consideration is that it can be damaging to the lungs and heart, as it tends to be smoked in hand-rolled cigarettes called joints or emptied cigars or mixed in with tobacco products. I've 
even seen and heard of kids who will try to make a bong out of a plastic bottle. And so obviously when you're inhaling that, you're inhaling essentially the toxins of the plastic. Um, so the CDC states that because of this, smoking marijuana causes many of the same issues that tobacco smoking does. But the benefits of marijuana are that it can be helpful in treating nausea, vomiting from cancer chemotherapy, treatment of chronic pain, epilepsy, multiple sclerosis, and treatment of neuropathic pain, which is caused by damaged nerves. A few of these benefits are derived from CBD, which is one of the many substances found in cannabis and is not psychoactive. And you can actually see the proliferation of CBD products all over the place. You know, you drive down the road right now and a whole bunch of stores will have these little posters outside that say CBD products sold here. You go um, get a massage and there's CBD infused massage oils. Um, even the gym that I go to now is offering CBD products. So that's becoming a, a pretty big substantial business and industry in itself and that comes from the cannabis plant but again that is not psychoactive that is more of um, its claim to sort of calm you down relax you uh, and help with joint pains and things like that some other benefits of marijuana are that it's commonly used to relieve symptoms of depression anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder something that i found interesting is that a lot of people seem to smoke recreationally to relax and alleviate social anxiety but the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine Review found that regular and frequent use can actually increase the feeling of social anxiety. Many argue that marijuana is less harmful than alcohol, which is legal, although with certain restrictions. Too much alcohol consumption can lead to sometimes fatal overdosing. For a dose of THC to be fatal, a person would need to consume between 15 and 70 grams. That would mean a person would need to consume several hundred hits of marijuana to overdose in a single day. Rates of crime and domestic violence are lower amongst those who consume marijuana versus alcohol, and driving isn't recommended after using marijuana, but is still reported to be tremendously safer than alcohol. So while marijuana has been used by humans for thousands and thousands of years, it is clear that much more research needs to be done on the positive and negative health impact of using marijuana. One thing that does seem to stand out in the research that I went through to create the show is that the more frequently used and the more it becomes a very regular part of someone's day and when I say that I mean multiple usages of, of marijuana in a single day um, is when more of the negative effects seem to really come to the surface and so like with most things in life it's best taken in moderation. With the current political and business climate, it does seem likely that marijuana will continue to be decriminalized state by state across the U.S. and perhaps even declassified as a Schedule One drug and legalized at the federal level. Now, only time will tell how marijuana usage will look in the future as corporations become involved or more involved and government regulations change. I don't think it's too far out there to envision a future where marijuana is marketed and sold in a similar way to uh, the way tobacco products used to be marketed and sold or the way that soda drinks and refreshments like that are marketed and sold today. Um, as we speak, there are very large corporations that we're all familiar with that are investing a tremendous amount of resources and money into preparing for that next step. Um, there are beverage makers who are making marijuana infused 
drinks and this has already started in Canada and the US again as more and more states legalize this companies will be sure to ride that wave and be at the forefront of it. So what I'd like from all of you now is to reach out at Motley Experience, hashtag stuff explained, and share your thoughts and opinions on this show, what you thought of the history of marijuana. There was a ton of stuff that I had absolutely no idea about going into it, from it coming from Asia and just the way it spread westward, um, how the Vikings used it, how important hemp was to colonial America. And then also your thoughts and opinions on the legal status of marijuana, or rather the changing legal status of marijuana, and also how you think that's best done. We saw the example of Illinois with what they're doing with expunging records and uh, focusing on minority vendors. What are your thoughts and opinions on that? So let's continue this conversation online at Motley Experience, hashtag stuff explained. Um, I would absolutely love to hear the feedback from you guys on this topic. Stuff Explained is written and produced by me, Aristides Marousas. Music is produced by the talented Greg Massey of Retcon Industries. Visit themontleyexperience.com for more thoughtful original content, and you can also find links to the sources used for each episode of Stuff Explained. Like us on Facebook at The Motley Experience. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Motley Experience and use the hashtag Stuff Explained. If you like this episode, leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thank you for listening. <laughs>